is the Clearly Kosciuszko Podcast, telling the story of Kosciuszko County through the eyes of those who have been here lifetimes and those who have just arrived. The mission of Clearly Kosciuszko is to craft a sense of place and pull all corners of our county together. The story of our community is ever unfolding and needs you. Each month, we'll talk with those involved in our community and invite listeners to play, learn, and grow alongside us. Now, the latest edition of the Clearly Kosciuszko Podcast with your host, Jody Claypool and Ryan Martin. Welcome back to another Clearly Kosciuszko Podcast, broadcasting live once again here from the third floor of City Hall, Warsaw, Indiana. Another beautiful late autumn day as we look at sunshine out the window. Temperatures are falling. Jody, it's hot apple cider season. This, this, to be honest with you, is my favorite season. It is? It is. I like bonfires. Yep. I like the the warmy, warming be- beverages. Yep. Your coffees, your teas, your ciders. Your whiskeys. I mean, I'm sorry, your, your coffees. You know, yeah, your libations <laughs> of various sorts. Um, I like getting down and getting a breath of that brisk air right. down in my lungs. Yep. Let's uh, talk about what like we don't like. like. Burning leaves. Friends, if you're going to burn leaves, be a good neighbor. Don't burn leaves when your neighbor has the window to their house open because you're not going to make any friends that way. Well, where you live, though, when they're burning leaves, it's like a full-on... You can't even drive. You can't see anything. There's smoke everywhere. I like to smell burning leaves, but it gets a little crazy. Burning leaves is one thing. When you try and burn leaves that have been sitting under a carpet of wetness for forever, come on, friends. And if you live in the equivalent of a state park with like thousand-year-old trees where the piles of leaves are almost as big as your house and you're burning them. I'm losing the grain truck this year to haul my leaves out of the neighborhood. That'll be fine. That's very considerate. Yeah, it's very nice. So Anyway, uh, enough on that. It is a beautiful time of year. Uh, I'm not looking forward to what comes next uh, in terms of winter, uh, but it is what it is. It's something in northern Indiana that we're going to have to deal with. But we have something that is completely unrelated to autumn, winter, or anything, therefore, to talk about and with today. Um, Jody, who is our special guest on the podcast? We have Ryan Pinnell. He's Mm -hmm. the president of Didich. Okay. And I'm just going to leave it at that. I'm going to let him tell the story about the business, what it is, how it got created, right. and all that jazz. Okay. And probably the first question he'll answer is, you know, the, the name, because I hear that, I'm like, what the heck is yeah. Didage? And, and I've used it. Okay. I've, I've used Didage, used the business, I suppose, is okay. the best way to say that, all right. uh, and the services that they provide. All right, Ryan, so welcome. Ryan, to you, buddy. Yeah, thanks for having me. I'm uh, super excited to be here, and um, yeah, so Didage started uh, back in the early 90s. Um, it was started by my family and um, started primarily as, I guess in layman's terms, just flipping and picking medical equipment. We have evolved since then, and uh, the name throws everybody off. So it's okay to not know what that that word is. Um, so... My, my dad and my stepmom basically created the name Didage from the investor's uh, middle initial, the, all the investors that started the company. Um, and it just made this weird word, Didage, that nobody knows how to say. We get Didage, Didage, uh, there's a plethora of other ones, but it is Didage. And, uh, and it, it was started as Didage 
sales company, but we're just trying to rebrand now, and it's unique enough to just keep it to Didage, and then where we're moving toward now is premium capital equipment. So not only refurbished equipment, um, which is a our one of our core competencies, but it's also we we distribute brand new equipment um, for about thirty or so uh, manufacturers. So just just as a clarification for the listeners, mm-hmm. when I've used them, um, I'm using them for um, orthopedic instrumentation. Okay, so they're a medical device. Capital equipment provider. Correct. And, and, Correct. and, and now that you've said that, I want to go back to the way he introduced it to start with. Flipping and picking. So when I hear flipping, I'm thinking houses. And when I hear picking, I'm thinking uh, Mike and whatever the other guy's name is on American Pickers. Are you seriously talking about going out and rummaging through uh, different areas and taking good deals on equipment and saying, oh, I can do such and such with this. Is that really how this started? That is exactly how it started. That's incre- that blows my mind, honestly, Jody. Well, is- keep in, so keep in mind, and I can give you a little bit of uh, insight to um, how a phenomenon like that can occur. So specifically from an orthopedic standpoint, mm-hmm. the orthopedic companies uh, created a situation ages ago, 40 years ago, 50 years ago, in which they sell implants, but then they give away instrumentation. It's kind of like the razor handle model. Okay. Where you would sell the razor blades, but you're giving somebody the handle. Well, in that particular situation, we're talking about sixty dollars to $100,000 of high-value materials that are being sent out for use that never come back. They, they get sent out to a hospital, they get sent out to a distributor, and they're just in circulation to support uh, a number of certain number of surgeries to implant whatever the device mm-hmm. is, right? And they, there's a life built into these things. Well, a lot of times those instruments never even get put into circulation. They just sit on a shelf somewhere. Well, these distributors need to keep getting the latest instrumentation, so they have all these high-value capital, like, instruments and they don't a lot of guys would just throw them in the back of a scrap truck you're talking titanium cobalt chrome uh high dollar stainless steels all just going and getting tin value at the local salvage yard or you get a uh a a very clever you know repurposer because a lot of this stuff can be a mallet can be used in any case oh yeah i can right a A saw blade can be used in Many, many different cases. Pins can be used in many, many different cases. And all of these other instruments, they do start to look a lot like carpentry instruments. You got pliers. Oh, 100%. Yeah, osteotones that look like chisels. There is a lot of scary stuff in in our cabinets. But what you're mentioning is just, that's a a fraction. That's 2% of what we do. Oh, my. Our core competencies are operating room tables, power procedure chairs, Oh, the big stuff. Uh, uh, orthopedic uh, yeah. saws and drills is that's something that I specialize in. Okay. Um, yeah, when we're talking about reclaiming stuff and repurposing, and now I mean, I walked into your facility and it's beds. Like you guys have beds, and it looked like mm-hmm. you almost had like. Did you have C arms in there? Yeah, we have yes. a few C arms. Yep. I mean, those are <laughs> those are incredibly expensive pieces of yeah. equipment. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Yep. Amazing. So, how did it come together? 
and and where are you at now? You mentioned that we, you've grown and evolved. You have your core competencies, but uh, you know, rebranding only happens when you're trying to focus on new, exciting, and different things. So, Ryan, just just walk us through the current state of affairs, uh, how you got from point A to point B. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, my my dad is an incredible salesman. He he grew it for the past twenty five years, um, and he uh, started working with surgery centers and hospitals around the area particularly um and where he would still sell outside of the the region and even the country um he he still focused on our area and what we're doing differently now is we've kind of had this mind shift on our sales conversations um, instead of going for maybe the onesie, twosie types of items, what, what we're pinpointing and finding a lot of success in right now is having conversations at the construction and uh, equipment planning phase mm. so we can get started early, early, and then um, start filling our pipeline with these very large equipment projects. So we're not just selling a, a drill system here or, or what have you. We want to see if we can nail down the operating room lights, the sterilization systems that go in there, the power equipment systems, the, uh, and, and everything else that that's, um, you know, makes an operating room functional. Uh, a whole surgery center, so there's multiple operating rooms. I was just going to ask you, are you guys seeing um, more requests for um, equipping ambulatory mm-hmm. surgery centers? Yeah, that is just that is massive for us right now. That's probably our biggest segment. Yeah, so, that, so for people who don't know, uh, the traditional um, – the traditional model would be you would go to a hospital, like a big institution, in order to have, let's say, a knee replacement or some laparoscopic kind of a thing. There's been a push. Uh, it's kind of a it's a dynamic transition due to uh, kind of a struggle in profit power uh, between the hospitals and the, the surgeons, as well as you don't need to have like an OBGYN and an ENT center and have to pay for all that if all you're doing is like two or three different operations. So mm-hmm. the ambulatory surgery centers become more specialized, smaller, compact, and you can start to do like same-day type of operations. That's right. And it keeps is, the cost of these procedures the down, yeah. a lot lower than being in a hospital. Right. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Interesting. All right. So what is the – I mean, you mentioned your dad was a, 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 great, a great salesman. Uh, sounds like a guy could sell ketchup to somebody in white gloves. You have no idea. But uh, – so the, is, is the, you mentioned keeping costs down. So uh, desiring to get these kind of entire suites and the whole thing is the whole idea then that we can even get into construction costs or outfitting these ambulatory service centers, centers and yep. things like that uh, cheaper than you can just using, let's say, brand new equipment, using a setup kind of like you guys put together or, or, or what? What's, what's, what's the sales pitch on Well, this? having somebody who's strategic and understands what's required because mm-hmm. a lot of these surgeons don't know. Okay. They won't know. And somebody like you and your organization could yeah. be that subject matter expert. Yeah, absolutely. And so the, the value proposition is that we're unbiased to the equipment that we offer. All these OEMs 
want to pitch everything that they manufacture. We don't care what the customer wants, you know? And, and so we can basically bundle all different brands together right. to strategize this entire build. So when you e-bundle, we can offer um, the, the savings, the discounts, but we can also provide the past 30 years of equipment um, history if we see that this item breaks down a lot or mm. we have tons of warranty issues with this, you probably don't want to go this way. We can, we can have those conversations. But if, if that's what somebody wants, then you know, we'll do our best, but we just have to outline that in warranty uh, you know, agreements. And yeah, so, so I would say the bundling and the equipment knowledge is probably our, our value. And we can put that in, in, in agricultural speak. Somebody asked me earlier today, are you red or green? On, on the oh, right, yeah, for farm said, equipment. Yeah, I'm not red or green, I'm gotcha. cheap. Whatever's cheap, I'll use whatever's cheap. Well, you're basically the same way. You don't care if it's red, green, blue, yellow. You'll put together what is going to be the most functional for whoever needs it. Yeah, yeah. We, you know, we try to mitigate as much risk, uh, you know, for us as possible because, you know, there are a few items that just give us headaches, and <laughs> but they're necessary evils, and so we're trying to strategize what are the what are the best equipment routes for us to offer, um, and that's why we've really supplemented new. Uh, um, equipment agreements with these OEMs um, just so we, we have the option. We can give the option. Um, so, yeah. Right. And business is located here in Warsaw. How long have you been here? Started here? So it was It was started in my family's garage. I love those stories. Yeah, you know what? I love Every those stories. Every good story starts with somebody's garage. Yeah, exactly. Uh, they just bootstrapped it, and uh, my dad hired a, f- a few... Uh, people to work along with them, and they eventually uh, their first building was um, up in Clunet, mm-hmm. the elevator up there, um, and eventually they got to the point where they outgrew that, and uh, our building is out on thirty, mm-hmm. um, just past uh, kind of that you know the new hospital that's being worked on yeah. or medical offices that are being built out there. Um, so we have done an addition within the past five years to expand. And even we have space to grow in up there. But we did, we, we are expanding further yet into a more functional space for warehousing up in New Paris even. So we have, um, I think, coming up on around 9,000 uh, extra square feet up there as well. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome story. So let's talk a little bit. Let's pivot. Let's pivot away from the business. Let's talk about Ryan. Um, <laughs> so if, if, if dad started this and you started it in the area, started it in the garage, uh, how did your role evolve and how has your role evolved here in the community? What you do? Yeah. Um, so when I, when I started in 2008, I didn't have much of a any medical background so I was kind of cutting my teeth and he put me in charge of a, a one division that was called surgical power which was the drills and saws and uh, 
just like any uh, kid straight out of college that doesn't know what he's doing, you flounder around for a while, and then there's this something that clicks in your head. And uh, after some time went by, this click happened, and um, and I started catching on, like putting those those things that I learned into business school into practice, um, and and starting to develop better habits uh, through my work day and to make this kind of a division that was mediocre profitable. So um, I was able to take it from a couple, like 100000 in revenue, then to two fifty, to 500 to 900 and it, it just kind of kept on going up from there and was, these things that were I was working through my head were just catching on and um, we just started making things better we brought in techs and and creating better processes and adding programs and in 2017 um, my dad wanted to he, he decided to bring on uh, a COO um, that had a lot of tech technology um, background. Um, he had worked with customers in, at Google and some of these big Silicon Valley type of companies. And uh, so he took what I was doing in Surgical Power with my team and took the benefits of what Didage was, and we mashed them together and created processes um, and organization with Didage, and we made it one company. And um, so through that, I've had to learn uh, how to, man, that, that time was probably one of the hardest parts of my career. Because, you know, you, you just bootstrap it and you're, that's, that's, that was my baby, even though it was my dad's baby, that was my baby that I was growing and, um, to kind of, in a way, kind of hand that over was, was a very tough thing. And, uh, so I was kind of put into a director of production role at that point. Anybody that knows me, I'm not really production type of material, I, I like communicating. I love networking. I like I love people. I, I just connect. I like connecting with people, and and so I was like, no, this doesn't really work for me. So I kind of I was put into a, a sales role, and that's where my dad wanted me to be anyway. He's like, you know, and I agreed with him. So um, I took that on, and and it was also a little bit of a. Um, business development role too. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. You want to have that exposure so you understand how that works. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So, um, uh, yeah, just a couple of years ago is when my dad asked me to step in as president because he was wanting to, you know, he, he took on another business. That's a whole nother topic. Um, but also he's at that point of retirement and he, he just wanted to start making that transition and, and thinking about that transition. And so, you know, as far as leadership goes, um, I, I, this whole past couple of years has been, um, a growing experience for me. Uh, 
and how to communicate and how to um, express my emotions, when not to, when to. I'm, I'm really big into personality tests. Um, and as I have... Uh, as I, as I dove into this one in particular, just recently, I, I've been learning a lot about um, how to build teams, and, and it's just been stretching me, I guess. So I don't know if that answers your question, but... No, that's perfectly fine. Yeah, you've got a, you've got a, you're, um, you're uniquely positioned for our podcast to kind of explain the, the, um, the growth stages of somebody who's come in uh, from a like a paternally owned business mm-hmm. and make the progress, make that make that evolution from you know getting that firsthand, basic like in the trenches experience, yeah. experiential knowledge, mm-hmm. and then step stoning it all the way up to then leading the business. Mm-hmm. That's a that's a <laughs> that's quite a journey. That's, a, that's an interesting journey, and it's here in town, right? So yeah. it's something people can relate to. They're going to yeah. drive by the business. They're going to know now what the word means or what the business or how is to about, say it. right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. 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 Like, what the heck is that, the right? Uh, yeah. But let's let's springboard off of that then, though. I mean, because you you took that run here in this community. So let's back out and talk about community and community roles in that, and what you see as um, as as the talking points for our county, for our community, and how different parts of it helped you on your journey yeah, to what kind of come through. So and what see. kind of talent do you need? Like, yeah. what, what, could, what could your business use? Yeah, that's... And a, how to get them here. That's yeah. a great question. Go. So I would say that hiring right now, just, like, just for everybody, is so hard. It is incredibly hard. It's incredibly time-consuming. Um, we're we're looking for um, inside sales. We're looking for the the outside sales. Um, then on the technician side, finding people that love to to work with their hands, that know plumbing, that know electrical, that know body work, that know uh, just how to make something that's not desirable something that's desirable, revalued. And, um, you know, I would, I would love to think that all credentialed biomedical technicians um, entering our business would be incredibly useful. Now, I think there, there would be use for that, absolutely. But, but what we look for are people that just love to get dirty and just want to turn wrenches and, and just make things work and function. And, and I think that there's so many people in the community that maybe not believe that they have the skill set to do some of the things that we do just because we're in the quote unquote medical industry. Mm -hmm. They don't believe in themselves enough. And, and what we do is we provide everything that they need to be successful. We've got all the tools. We've got gantry cranes so people don't hurt their backs and hurt themselves. We supply everything that people need to be successful in our company. We just need the people. So you need uh, some wrenchers. You need, you need people who are mechanically inclined. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. We'll send that message out. I mean, coming from an engineer. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, this is one of the reasons why Helping Hands is such a uh, yeah. such a uh, compelling non for profit initiative. So Helping Hands is a three D printed prosthetics for kids sure. in northeastern Indiana. But what it does is what we really do is we partner engineers mm-hmm. with recipients and. Why that's important is because there's a lot of engineers out there. If you told them to change a light bulb, they'd start getting on the whiteboard and they'd probably calculate, you know, the lumens and all this other that's jazz. Exactly right. Would never take a light bulb out of a socket. It's like yeah, yeah you didn't have to do anything. Or even dude. go get the ladder to get. Yeah, there. just just take it out of the socket, put right. a new light bulb in. Right? right. You need to have the ability to take the academics, translate the knowledge, translate the passion, in practical ways into a physical manifestation, and that's what this does. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of people out there who are engineers who don't have the degree. Right. I know people who can, they're just phenomenal. They can build anything. And they know how to take things apart. But the, you're a perfect example. You're an engineer. So he's always fixing stuff, probably because he's always buying, like, you know, yeah, stuff old. from Napanee that's 200 years old. old he's got to fix cheap, it. and I have yeah. to fix it. So you're yeah, doing yeah. your fair share of picking, too. Oh, yeah. Yeah, oh, 100%. There we go. Trust me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. If, if you even knew. <laughs> Yeah, if you see a blue Fiero driving around, that's this that's guy right good. here. Yeah. Right. <laughs> anyway. So, um, no, that's yeah. great. Okay, so the call is Dittage needs ranchers. You guys need you need mechanically inclined yeah. people. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Yeah, and um, we've been working with the college, uh, Grace College here in town, as far as finding um, kids that want cut to cut their teeth on uh, get it, you know, getting into the medical industry. Hundred percent. I yeah. I I know a couple of people. I know one rock star. You're gonna be fighting for. Okay. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That kid. I mean, I, I call him a kid. He is incredible. He's he's like. Well, I look at him and I start salivating. It's like if I could, I'd gobble you up. Yeah. So what are the personally? What are the what are the things in the area that you like to do? Family man, you like to be out and about. What's uh, what 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 are the draws here to Kosciuszko County that that keeps Ryan still wanting to keep his roots here. Yeah. I, yeah. So, um, we just moved from the South side of Warsaw and we moved up to Milford. Um, there's a, a little lake up there called Camelot and, um, I love to fish. I, I actually grew up down in Florida. Um, from the time I was like three till a couple of years into college. And so I was around water. I was, I was kind of that stereotypical surf bum admittedly. And so moving up here, there was a void um, until I recently moved on to this lake. I love to fish. And and, uh, and so, I, I, like I said, I love to fish. My wife and I, we, we are musicians, and um, we are very active in our church. Uh, we used to do a lot more gigs when we were younger, but, um, you know, Maybe, maybe in the future, but right now we've got very small kids, and, and we're just trying to dive into that as, as much as we possibly can and, and just enjoy them in this period of time. So um, we both love our, our families so much. Her family's up in Goshen. My family is still here in Warsaw. And so we'll spend time on, on Winona quite a bit. And my, my side of the family, are, they're skiers. Um, my brother and sister were on Lake City ski team, and my brother was one of those crazy guys doing backflips and and stuff on the weekends at Hidden Lake. And um, my dad is one of the best slalom skiers. He he's probably too humble to admit it, but he he is extremely good 
at skiing himself. So we'd love to spend time in the lakes and um, do some fishing and, and uh, yeah, just enjoy what the county has naturally provided. And, and that is the lakes. I, in my opinion, I, I, not that I've been to all the counties in the state, but I think Kosciuszko, because of the lakes and the waterways, is, has the most to offer. So without giving away secrets, spots, or things like that, what are we fishing for on Camelot Lake? <laughs> well, I'll tell you the crappie are huge. Okay. They, they're, they're really big. The bass are not. The mm. bass are all 10 inches. <laughs> and uh, it's... Um, What's the coverage around the periphery of the lake like? Um, well, so Camelot Lake was a quarry. Yeah. Yeah, it is an old gravel pit. And so in the deepest spots, it was, it, it's around 43, 45 feet deep, which this lake is not big at all. It's, mm. it's about the size of Goose Lake. Okay. Um, as far as acreage goes. And um, so all the drop-offs, the, it, it's just sheer drop-offs. So you can find, um, well, see, I haven't even really, we've only been up there a year, and I haven't really figured out what the bass are doing. But the crappie really like the deep spots closer to those, you know, drop-offs a little bit. Uh, there's some certain spots, so. This sounds like Goose Lake. This sounds like Goose Lake with the topography. And the, the crappie are supposedly huge in Goose Lake as well. So yeah. I, I hear you. I hear you. It's fun, though. It's a, it's a blast. Yeah. yeah. Shore fish, or you have a little boat that you motor around out there? Yeah, so I just got a little, uh, little um, boat that's 16-foot aluminum. It's got a center console. I uh, got it from a, a guy on uh, Chapman. Really nice guy. And uh, I don't need the horsepower, but this thing's got a 70-horse uh, motor on the back. And I, can, I can see it now. Camelot <laughs> skiers. And, fish, and fishing trips and yeah. fishing charters. Well, so funny <laughs> enough, Camelot is known for its ski. It's being a ski lake. I thought years ago, I mean, I grew up in New Paris, so I thought yeah. years ago there was a ramp. I mean, we're talking 30, 40 years ago there was a ramp out there before well, the houses got all built. Around. Hidden Lake is not that big, right? Hidden Lake is very small as yeah. well. Yeah. But um, they used to have a lot of ski competitions on Camelot. And they, they set up a, a slalom course, and they even have a big uh, jump ramp. ramp floating out there. And, and everybody knows that when the skiers come out, everybody's going to get a move to the sides. It gets a little territorial. No I sure. try not to get into the politics of that, but there are some. And, uh, you know, it's just it's really fun to watch those, those people because – uh, there is a family that is, um, and, and I, maybe I've met them. I don't really know yet, but the the one gal apparently is a nationally ranked slalom skier. So, right there on Little Camelot. There you go. Yeah, uh, it's been it's educational. Thirty minutes has flown by very very quickly. But I suppose as we kind of wrap this up, as much as I've learned about the medical device side and. Picking and flipping instruments. Um, <laughs> we need to go ahead and ask the uh, the standard question, Joey. So this podcast is in uh, partnership with uh, Kosciuszko, uh, the Economic Development Corporation. This is the clearly Kosciuszko podcast. Uh, so what we ask everybody who comes on 
is what does clearly Kosciuszko mean to you? Yeah, I, I, I stewed on this question. Um, and I just, I think that it, to me, it's, I, I just kind of have this image of a beacon, just like this bright light. And, and, and what that represents is intelligence and, and, um, purity. Um, and that's only represent, that's represented by the people that are part of the community and, and, in excellence, really. Um, it's kind of a, a complicated uh, answer that could be given, but yeah, I, I mean, it's just my vision for the county. I want to see excellence just magnetized to this county. Um, and it's the businesses that drive it. And we have so many incredible companies in this this small this well it's a large county but in this small city of Warsaw at least that are magnetizing and people that come from out of the state I just I hope they see the same value that that I see because I I'm an insider but I'm kind of an outsider because I grew up away from it but I came back and uh, the county just has a lot to offer. And, um, and when I say purity, I, I mean in context to family growth. There's not a lot of... It's like a safe, safe haven. It's a sanctuary that... Uh, it is, does have that is, feeling. It's mm -hmm. safe for the family. Yeah. And I appreciate that. Yeah. I was just in New York. <laughs> well, yeah. like Soho, uh, uh, like I was, I was in the mix. Sure, yeah. and uh, yeah. So it is. It feels like coming back to a safe haven. Yeah, it really does. Right. When you see that kind of chaos. Well, Ryan, thanks so much for joining us today. Any parting shots for Didage? Other than again, yeah, shout we, outs. We, we've uh, got the uh, we've got the pronunciation, but any other shout outs and uh, wrenchers? Reach out, reach out. He's looking for wrenchers. Yeah. Um, shout outs. Uh, I mean, I like to thank everybody that, that at our shop that puts their best foot forward and just does an amazing job. Uh, Gavin, David, John, Heath. Heath has been with us for uh, 20 years. Started as a tech. Now he's one of our best salesmen. And... Uh, yeah, he's he's a rock star. Um, Heather, our director of operations, and and Kim, um, those two are are rock stars. Just everybody there that we have now are just amazing. So I'm just gonna stick it stick to my team because I appreciate them so much. Good. Yeah. All right. Fantastic. Well, Ryan, thanks for being here today and uh, sharing your story on the Clearly Kosciuszko podcast. Jody, as always, thank you for being with me today. Good to see you, sir. This episode will be followed by another in two weeks. So check all of our podcasts out, even the back issues, anywhere that you get your podcast. Until then, have a great rest of your day and week.
Clearly Kosciuszko is a countywide voice created in partnership between the Lilly Center for Lakes and Streams, Kosciuszko County Convention and Visitors Bureau, Kosciuszko Chamber of Commerce, and the Kosciuszko Economic Development Corporation. If you're seeking a day trip or a weekend getaway, a place to start your business, or a flexible location for a corporate conference, Clearly Kosciuszko will connect residents and visitors with the right resource throughout the county. Thanks for listening.